Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to Courtside Indiana Podcast. I'm Jim Reamer. We are going to be joined later by our normal crew, Zach Tyler, Dominic Neely, Kyler Staley. We've got a, a special guest coming later today or later in this episode as well. Coach Drew Schaus from Avon High School. Zach Tyler comes up with great ideas on uh, different types of content, and this was one of them. We're going to try to have a coach on, if not every week, certainly a lot of weeks here in the summer. Um, some some weeks we'll have good topics, some weeks we may not. We didn't think we were going to have a topic today. Uh, but then there was an issue that popped up in Fort Wayne, and so we're going to talk about that at the very end. So this is going to be uh, a longer episode probably. But right now I've got to get us uh, caught up in recruiting, get some of that stuff figured out. Um, go with, uh, let's see, I don't know what we covered last week or last time. We had Sheridan Sharp. Well, let me go through the offers first. Cole Hayworth picked up an offer from Concordia NAI school. Uh, he's a, a junior from Fort Wayne Lutheran. Uh, Cadell Wallace from Bishop Lures picked up an offer from Bluffton, the junior guard. Uh, AJ Dantzler. Well, I think we did talk about some of these last week. AJ Dantzler. I remember that now he had picked up an offer from Lemoyne college and then he quickly committed other offers this past week, Cole Hayworth again steps in with an offer from Manchester. Uh, Hunter Walston from Noblesville, the junior junior forward, picked up an offer from Hanover. Cadell Wallace again with another offer picked up uh, from Bishop Lewis, picked up an offer from Manchester. And K.J. Wyndham picked up two offers this week, one from Moorhead State and one from Purdue-Fort Wayne. Uh, I think they're, they're transitioning to just being called Fort Wayne. Or that we threw back to where it's Purdue Fort Wayne now. But anyway, uh three, four, five commitments. We'll recap one, maybe a couple that we had last week. Sheridan Sharp did commit to Southern Illinois. Uh AJ Danzler, as I referred to, he committed to Lemoyne. Aiden Franks, a senior guard from Wapahani, committed to Marion. Sincere Germany, a senior guard from Cathedral, committed to Albion. And Nolan Bales from Northridge, a senior guard, committed to Trine. Uh, not not much commentary. I, I we did talk about Sheridan Sharp last week. I, I think the um, Aiden Frank's commitment to Marion. He is one of the best shooters in the state. Definitely one of the best shooters in the, the outgoing senior class. I think as he gets stronger there for Wapahani or for Marion, that'll be a priority for them to develop his strength. He's kind of a late blooming kid physically. You know, I don't know if he is or isn't done growing, but but he's grown quite a bit the last couple of years. And so if he can continue to develop physically, like just even beyond just normal maturation, uh, that's going to end up being a great pickup for them. And, um, you know, so that's kind of a light week, week and a half of recruiting, which is good, I guess, uh, at least from a podcast perspective, because. We're going to transition now into our discussion with Coach Schaus. 
and then we will break and then talk about what happened uh, with the uh, officiating situation in Fort Wayne. All right, now Zach and Kyler and Dominique are, are on board with us now and just got done updating everybody on recruiting, but we are uh, kind of starting a new feature this week. This was Zach's idea. Zach is like the king of hot takes now, Drew. <laughs> he's he's says like six words in a podcast <laughs> and then comes up with great hot takes on our hot takes pod that we had last what what last November. Yep. yep. And now he's like, hey, let's interview coaches. So this is this is gonna be Zach's idea, but we have Drew Schaus, head coach at Avon High School. Drew and I have known each other for how long? Although this was Zach's get, this was Zach's get. Right. But how long, Drew? You and I have known each other for how long? Like eighth grade? Uh, yeah, seventh eighth grade. So seventh eighth grade, two thousand three, two thousand four. Back in the day. Yeah. Back when Centerville was running the west, the eastern part of the state. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Zach. This is your baby. We're gonna. I don't. I have no clue what we're gonna talk about. Zach, this is your baby. Let's go. Let's. Yeah. Just got a pull few your notebook out. Here. Pull your notebook out. Let's get going. Then the other guys can ask some stuff. There we go. Just thought it'd be kind of fun to have coaches on here. Talk a little bit about what their summers like with their guys. Uh, how AAU's looking. What you're looking forward to in the upcoming season. Uh, maybe guys you think might might pop this year coming up. Um, we can do it ask question by question, or we can even – you can just start spitballing stuff, whatever you want to do. Yeah, um, I'll take the summer part. Um, okay. For us, I, I keep it – the month of June is pretty busy for us in terms of um, we go about four days a week on the court for an hour and a half. Um, a lot of skill development, but also trying to make sure our incoming freshmen that show up have a good idea of what we're trying to implement. Um, and then the next hour, those guys will go into the weight room with our strength and conditioning coaches. When that happens, we'll bring our sixth through eighth graders in and do an hour long kind of workout with them three days a week. Um, just so they have an understanding and idea of what they'll get into in terms of trying to teach some concepts and some schemes. Um, we'll play, we'll go to Wabash and Marion. Um, we'll play at Charlie Hughes and we'll go to Purdue. Um, so we try to get them a good mix of shootouts, but I like going to Wabash because we have probably a good amount of D3 players within our incoming junior class, um, senior class as well. And then Marion, it's always fun to go there, you get good competition. And then Purdue, it's just fun for them to go there and play. And then Charlie Hughes obviously is a big one. Um, then July, try to give them, we, we go more weight room than anything, try to keep that going. We start school like July 25th, which is awful, but um, yeah, I'd rather go mid August. I'll, I'll tell you, I've, we've, we've, Zach and I have touched on this before. I've, I've, I was ready to go back to school in early August. Mm -hmm. Seems like every year. Cause it just, summer just kind of drones on a little bit, maybe toward the end of July, but yeah, late July would be a little too darn early for that. Yeah, it definitely feels like it, but I, we give them that month to kind of focus on AAU um, in terms of what tournaments are going to getting with their teams. Uh, but we keep them in the weight room at least three days a week um, with those strength coaches. So by the time they get back, they can transition really well into their APC classes that they'll be in um, here at the school. So that's kind of our summer that we go through. Sure. Just to touch on a little bit of the D3 stuff you talked about. Um, yeah. Uh, do you like to reach out to college coaches or, or how do you do things with your, with your guys? Well, trying they, to get them recruited. 
Well, the age of social media, a lot of these guys will tag everybody, and we've got yep. enough players doing that for us right now. But um, I think one of the biggest things is if you know you've got a kid that some of these D3 coaches will like is to get on the radar a little bit earlier because they'll get mass lists of kids that they try and get, and if they find one they like pretty early, um, they can get on. Same with NAIs, um, trying yep. to get them on their radar, especially out-of-state NAIs that I still have contact with. Um whether it's in the Sooner Athletic out there with John Brown um, or Michigan guys, Illinois, Ohio guys. So I'm trying to get those kids out there to maybe coaches they wouldn't be. So AAU tournaments roll around and um, those guys can go see them. But trying to do that as much as possible. But with this social media, these coaches have it at their fingertips every time they log on Twitter. So, Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, who, who's looked good for you so far this summer and, and who do you look forward to this upcoming season? Uh, well, stepping we, up for you guys. Yeah, we, we lose four seniors, three played a lot. Um, you know, obviously Jordan Lomax is probably our best returner in terms of points per game. Um, but then we've got three guys that have started games since then. You know, Rashad Bethley has been our starting point guard um, all year long. He's lightning quick, um, smaller guard, but he's getting better um, each day. Uh, Kendrick Dunmore, he plays for D1. Um He's about 6'5", 6'6", has gotten stronger. Um, he's starting to really get a good feel for the game. Uh, Jedediah Manette um, probably had one of the best springs and summers um, out of all those guys. But Isaac Kramer's another one that didn't play a ton this year. Um, stronger guard, about 6'1", 6'2", pretty athletic, shoots the three well. He plays for Indian Elite's second team for 2025. Um, and they've got a lot of those Jeffersonville kids, so he's getting a lot of good experience with those guys um terrell irons um so again we've got a good mix of sophomores that are coming back going to be juniors um but i think what's going to be biggest for us is kind of that leadership qualities that we lost in those seniors and who can step up uh, but we also have some good freshmen with tyrone elmore chris thompson um that are, will, will be in the mix in the next couple of years as well nice uh anybody else have anything yeah, yeah, I have a question for you. Well, we all got questions. Go. No, no, no. Go, go, guys. Hell, I talk enough. Go. Go ahead, Dominic. Uh, you want me to go? All right. Go Coach, uh, you talked about Jordan Lomax. Uh, yeah. You know, he's a you know fantastic scorer, can score in so many ways. What does he need to take his game to that next level, you think? I, I You know, we talk about this all the time. I think it's his strength. Um, he he and his brother are just skinny by nature. Um, the, you know, they lift hard when we're in there. Um, but I think a year of physically maturing is going to help him and then him showing um, kind of the overall game that he can do. And he does that a lot in our spring workouts. And I've seen it in AAU um, in the spring as well. But I think showcasing the defensive ability because he's extremely athletic and he can score. But I think uh, some coaches are worried about the strength um, getting transitioning to the college level. So I think a good summer in the weight room um, – will do him good and kind of show those coaches that the, he'll be able to put on those those pounds they want to see and then be able to finish through contact because he gets to the line a lot, but it's getting those and one opportunities. I think that'll be big for him. Gotcha. Go ahead, Dominique. Yeah, Coach, just wanted to get your opinion on you. You were at Logansport before. Yeah. Uh, now you're at Avon. What do you think are some of the bigger, you know, differences between the two programs as far as doesn't have to be positive, negative, you know, whether that's fan support or the, you know, how the 
you know, system is run, your feeder programs, you know, whatever the case might be, what are some of the differences you've seen? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess two things that really stand out is Logan sport has a ton of multi-sport athletes, three sport athletes, um, which, it, which is good because, you know, those kids are doing other things or getting into it. But at the same time, spring and the fall, you don't see them a ton. When at Avon, we're more, they're more single sport athletes. But Krishan McRae was a great example of a dual sport athlete um, that was really good at both. Um, I think another big thing is that with our feeder programs, I mean, at Logansport, I would have seven or eight kids each grade playing, um, you know, second through sixth grade. I mean, I've got – with our AJA program and then our indie hoops travel, I've got 650 K through eighth grade playing at Avon. So when you're at high school, 3,400 kids, it, you've got a lot more to choose from, but at the same time, you stay a little more busy because now, okay, I've got to try and get 650 kids, coaches and parents on the same board rather than seven per grade. Um, but it's exciting to see the growth. Our school project in the next 10 years, we're at 34 getting close to 4,500 kids in the next 10 years. Um, and if you drive through Avon, they're just building houses like crazy and our school's got a lot of development, but, you know, community support, those smaller uh, schools up there, kind of Logansport, Peru, Lewis Cass, those guys are going to have great crowds, a lot of fan support, community support. Avon, we're starting to get back to it. Um, Reem, we talked about uh, Jason Young being our AD. He's going to try and get those people to start coming back to games um, getting that community feel back. Cool. Thanks, Coach. Go ahead, Jim. Well, and he was the head coach, you know, when they had that nice run of talent there too. Right. In, in the early in the early teens, the early tens, I guess. Yeah. Uh, with Burgett and, and Griffin and all those dudes, and and uh, you know, it was, it was some good groups. They just Brownsburg and Plainfield have to be pretty good too. All all those times. And Pike. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I I do lose track of which sections. It's because it's funny because Pike obviously when class started started out along with North Central and the the Carmel Noblesville sectional. So that was always kind of a banger, the a banger way to start the the tournament play. Uh, guys, that, I mean, I, you've already we've already alluded to a couple guys: Lomax, um, Dunmore, and Jed at Manette. Those three guys are guys that I've seen quite a bit this spring. Of the three, not, I mean, I know they're all doing different things to get better. Of the three, have you seen any major changes in any of them? Like just how they, how you might use them, any new development in their game, any, you know, anything like that on on any of those three guys. Not that I'm not interested in the others, just that those are the three that I've seen quite a bit so far the, the last two months. Yeah, I think all three bring a little bit something different. I think. You know, Jetta could end up being one of the better shooters in Avon history. And I think in conference play, as we go through these next three years with him, yeah, I mean, he's going to, I mean, he shot the ball extremely well for a freshman. So that's going to, you know, allow him to open up some driving ability with his athleticism. Um, Kenny Dunmore, I think when he, he dislocated his shoulder blocking a shot against Noblesville with seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. At that time, I think he had 10 points, seven blocks, and eight rebounds um, against a team like Noblesville. Um, so I think for him, he broke his leg and didn't get a play at all his freshman year. So we're only getting just kind of a glimpse into that, um, you know, into what he can do. And then Jordan, obviously, he he's kind of – we challenged him to be a little bit more defensive, 
minded, um, you know, kind of, he's got the athleticism and quickness to, to guard somebody and guard somebody well. And I saw that last year when he played for Indy Heat Red. Um, he kind of took on that challenge. So that's kind of been our challenge for him. Is, um, you know, I, we lost two of our defensive stoppers and we need two guys to step up to be able to guard guys like Cannon Catchings. Um, you know, Logan Imes type players uh, that we'll see Jalen Harrelson in the conference. We, you talked about the size of your your youth program. I, I think, obviously, where I'm at, take an odd odd amount of heat for how big Carmel is, and mm-hmm. and I've always said that the the secret sauce is two things. One, it's our youth program, our Carmel Dads Club, which was started in the late fifties. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing too is three middle schools. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're developing when you're at Logansport. You're developing. You like you said the magic number. I the the number I use a lot is seven. Mm-hmm. There, there's seven kids at a middle school that get probably get a lot of playing time at, on a middle yep. school team. Uh, if you have an A and B schedule, fine, but that's still just seven kids playing your A schedule that are getting developed. You know, at, at Avon, you're developing 14 kids a class in theory. Not, mm-hmm. not to say there can't be a late bloomer come through. Yeah. Um, people have this misconception that you, high school coaches are plucking kids out of the hallways to play and that in, enrollment – is such a huge factor. It's, it, I guess in some ways it is, but in other ways it's, it's the development that you have from the beginning from you guys, probably what's fourth grade on. Right. I mean, we've, we second grade, is, second grade. Yeah. Yeah. Second grade is probably where we start trying to, I mean, you know, we're, we're trying to get those kids just involved as possible. Like fall in love with the game of basketball, have fun. Um, and so you continue to play and enjoy it. Um, so that's kind of with our travel program. It starts in second grade for indie hoops, Indiana ball, whatever, whatever they're going to play in. And in, and in a big school in, in an area such as Avon and an area such as Carmel, speaking of suburbs and, and even going into Marion County and Dominique, you have the same situation up in Fort Wayne and, and probably Zach a little bit up in the, the Elkhart, South Bend, Mishawaka area. You got to develop an identity with the kids in your feeder system, don't don't you think? I mean, you've, you've got to fight a kid who may want to go to Brownsburg, a kid who may want to go to Ben Davis, a kid who may want to go to Pike. I mean, yeah. you're, you're sort of in the – I mean, all those schools have the same challenge that you do is your feeder system. You've got to develop an identity with those kids to make them feel part of, in, the, in your case, Avon basketball. Yeah. No, I agree. I think – one of the biggest things is if they get to know you in second grade, they kind of see you at camps and see you at their games. It's harder for them to, to leave because you build a relationship with them. Like my goal and is to try to know as many kids' names as possible. Like right. we go, we go read at the elementary schools. And if I can say, you know, say, Hey, so-and-so like, and they know, I know their name and they're in third grade when you're a third grader and you've got high school kids or high school coach that knows your name. I think that, that goes pretty far with them and their parents. So um, it's just keeping them here. Obviously, Ben Davis, I mean, it, it's a machine over there, Chapel Hill Middle School and everything that goes on there. So we've got – we're just trying to – we're trying to get kids bought into playing the right way, um, have some hard-nosed, tough basketball, um, but also just wanting to be a part of the program uh, moving forward. Yeah, and that, and that goes both ways. I mean, again, J- Jaden Brewer – lived yeah. in Wayne Township his entire high school career, but went to Avon yeah. all the way up until his senior year. So it's it's not just a, an Avon thing. It's and it's it's a a lot of it is proximity. A lot of it is 
some of them like have friends in other communities that they end up they think they might want to go play with but but building that identity i think it's got to be a big part of the the youth program that you're really probably building on it was probably in place a little bit before you got there right yeah it was um it, it, they were, there was a good amount. It was a, it was trying to get everybody on the same page in terms of, mm-hmm. hey, I know you'd win a lot more games if you're going to run a one three one and some diamond press, but are are we <laughs> going to be able to do that as we get into high school? No, you're not going to be able to throw that at Brownsburg, Fishers, Zionsville, Westfield, Carmel, whoever you're playing. Um, trying to teach those basics of, you know, I give give each coach a kind of what we want them to see from, you know, man to man, pack line, just trying to teach kids certain things and then we'll implement our two, two, one press as they get into high school and some other things. And they're just trying to teach them how to play without the basketball. I think that's one thing that's gone missing a ton is they watch James Harden or somebody, but you don't really watch the Warriors movement near as much. And kids don't find that as fun to watch. So it's getting our coaches and kids to buy into being able to play without the basketball in their hands. You think player movement matters? Come on, Drew. <laughs> yeah, I got a question here, Coach. Yeah. It's almost like you uh, listened. It's almost like you listened to me and, and Brandon when you were coming through. Yeah, <laughs> try to. And Chid, and Chid, shout out to Chid. Yeah, yeah Coach, uh, I see you guys. You're at Avon there. You guys hold just over four thousand in your gym there. But if, if I'm pulling up Avon's schedule, what's a game or two where that thing's pretty close to capacity or a nice atmosphere year in year? Brownsburg play and Bra- and Plainfield. Um, okay. I think first game of the year, Plainfield, whether it's here or there, you get a really big crowd. Um, Brownsburg, when you play for the Bell, um, is a is a, usually a huge game. Um, and we've uh, two years ago we played Brownsburg a lot better um, than we did Plainfield. It's always been a close game. Um, the two years I've been there, but those are the two games you're going to see a good amount of fans there. And we we hope that we can start building it to where it's going to be every game. Um, but again, I think with a new football coach as well, he's trying to build that excitement, um, back, back with football too. Cool. Anybody new this year schedule wise? Um, let's see. We picked up, I don't know. I think we picked up Lebanon. I think yeah. that was one, that was one that Jason got. We, we went to Kentucky last year. Um, and, why we did that was it's a cool trip for the kids. They get to spend two nights in a hotel. They get to play three teams. They'll never see those kids again. They'll never play those teams again. Um, but we try to pick what would be like Kentucky three, a teams. That's what it was. And they were two of the three were ranked pretty high in the region. Um, and uh, they ended up not being as close games because, down there, people aren't used. Everybody runs a two-three zone, and no one run has scouting reports that we found out. They didn't. They were. They don't give lineup cards. I try to go talk to the coach. He's like, "Do you want to talk before the game?" And I'm like, "Well, I've got a lineup card for you." And he's like, "Oh, okay. I'm gonna start this kid, this kid, this kid, and this kid." Uh, it, it may not be everywhere in Kentucky, but I just found that funny when we were in Eastern Kentucky last year over Christmas break. So. That was fun. But we we kept Greenfield and Luke Meredith. Um, yeah. He does a great job there, and that's a really good game to prepare us for sectional for any zone we'll see. Um, so I think he does a really good job with that. Well, and you you get to play Mullins too. So yeah, any, anytime you get to go up against a Division One kid, mm-hmm. it, it, nothing else, it just prepares you for that, for just that, that one kid who might be able to carry a team. Yeah. 
you know, and he's he's getting close to being that. Yeah, he's very talented. Um, the way he rebounded the ball in the sectional for him too shows that mm-hmm. um, he's got a lot more to his game than just shooting the ball. Any holiday tournaments or anything this year, Drew? Uh, we always play in the Hendricks County. Um, this year, the the brackets loaded up on one side with we open up with Brownsburg, and the winner gets to play Plainfield, and the smaller schools are on the other side. But um, we're going back to Kentucky uh, that same tournament. Um, I don't know who's going to be in it yet. They've got some teams from Memphis coming up. I do know that. Um, so a couple teams from West Virginia. They had OJ Mayo's school, um, or I believe it was OJ Mayo's school last year that came there, Huntington. Um, and they're pretty oh. talented as well. Uh, is that a prep? I, I kind of uh, I'd have to go back and think if he played at a prep school or not. But but if they told you that, they probably weren't being dishonest. So yeah, I thought it was Huntington, West Virginia. I'm not. Maybe he... that may be where I think that's where he's from. But okay. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You're. I mean, you're probably not wrong at some point. I for some reason I I want to say he was at a prep school his final year or so. But he was at Huntington High School, I think. Was he okay? Uh, Bill, I know Bill Walker played with him too, I believe, but I'm not sure yeah. what high school was that. Both those guys were 20 year olds in high school. <laughs> That's normal now. Uh, yeah. No, they were really old. OJ was old, and Billy Walker was older. <laughs> it was crazy because that was that 07 class, and they're Eric, loaded. Yeah, Eric, uh, and that was when Eric Gordon played with Derrick Rose. So, and yeah. And uh, so, anybody got anything before I go off the off the wall here? Oh boy! Uh oh, <laughs> we don't need that. What? Wait, what do we got to do at Centerville, Drew? Anything? No, any comment? <laughs> what we <gotta> do <laughs> if I said bring back Ryan Chittister, would that be would that, that would be be a, be a hell of a start? Uh, they've got talent. They've got good young talent. I think. Whoever they've got coaching, um, they just got to stand behind who it is. Like with any small school, everybody's going to have an opinion on it. Without a knife, without anything, without <laughs> anything, yeah. <laughs> um, because yeah, as you know, back in the two thousands with Brandon Mays, Adam Herbs, and then going through my class and my brother's class, it was a run of, of really good talent, and they it was went really through, good. We went through a phase where it wasn't as good. And, um, trying to build that back up, but you know, Brent Ross has done a great job at Northeastern. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sets the bar down there. Um, but I, they'll be fine. Um, it's just getting the buy-in from everybody in the community again. And they were good at a time when Richmond was really good still, you yeah. know, and I think, Billy, never, and I think Billy, that's true. I went to all of them. I went to all those games. Uh, Brandon was uh, Mays was was a, a monster rebounder. Yeah. Most people don't know, or I mean, most people probably don't remember him from like this this part of the state. But he he played his the second half of his senior year with a broken leg. Yeah, and and played in the sectional with a broken leg and or a broken foot or something one or the other, and uh, still managed to be one of the best rebounders in the state in the state. So. He's special. That whole class was special. That 05 class. Yeah, Herbs, TC. All those dudes were good. Yeah. Was TC a Richmond kid? 
he was he was a middle school kid, Centerville. Did he, he went did he? Okay. Yeah, he came back over. But he originally in Richmond. I don't know why I thought I mean I don't know why I thought he was at like a Richmond, one of the Richmond middle schools and then showed up at Centerville. Yeah, I I I don't know. My dad coached them their freshman, their freshman and I think sophomore year, um, before he became middle school principal. Before he stepped down, or yeah, I guess that's not really stepping down, is it? Stepping yeah. out. Yeah. How's your dad doing? Doing well, helping out my brother up there at Columbia City. So they enjoy it. Um, is he living know, up there? Huh? Is he living up there? Yeah, he lives uh, on the golf course up there in Columbia City. So. Oh, bummer. Yeah, tough, rough going on up there. But uh, yeah, they've got a kid going to play at Bethel, so it'll be it'll be fun, kind of full circle for my brother. He gets to play at Bethel. Now he's got a kid going to Bethel. So I was going to ask you, why don't you guys play them? Talked about we'll it. Never, we, will, we will never play each other. There's no? zero percent And the reason <laughs> it's just not fun. It's not fun. He he killed us. My first year at Logansport, we weren't very good. And that's when he had Preston Phillips and that really good Jimtown team. And we played them in the summer and they hit probably 15 threes on us. And I stopped the game with about three minutes left at Huntington, <laughs> Huntington North High School. I stopped the game and said, All right, we're done. And we have not played again. Every college coach thinks it's funny in a shootout to try and get us to play each other. Uh, I'll play him this summer, though. If he wants Drew's to play ducking. this summer, I'll play him this summer. Drew's ducking Matt. <laughs> we should, you know, Zach. We should have got Matt on. We should. I should have. You're right. Unless he's changed the number. I've got phone numbers. Everybody's number. So <laughs> he's got two kids now. So he might be. He might be asleep by this point. <laughs> I don't know. Zach's awake and Dominique's awake. Yeah, they got. Zach's fresh we'll off get, girls. We'll get him on next week. Zach is fresh off girls indoor soccer. So oh, we're outside now. Outside now. Yeah, nice. <laughs> All right, anybody else got anything before we let Coach Shouse go? I don't think so. Appreciate it, Drew. Yeah, and thank you guys. Coach. All right, Drew, appreciate it. We're gonna stop recording and then and then the the four of us will be back and and we'll we got another topic we're gonna talk about. So Drew, Drew, thanks for coming on. Zach, good job getting us going. I think we'll probably try to do something. I don't know. At least now we know we've always got topics, right? Yes. When we don't have a topic, we'll we'll, we'll either just get a time where we have coaches, and if we don't have a topic, we'll get a coach. We didn't think we were going to have a topic this week, and then all of a sudden something blew up in Fort Wayne, and so we're going to talk about that after, after this break. Drew, thanks, man. Yep. See you guys. Appreciate it. All right. We're back. We really weren't going to have a topic this week. Then all of a sudden, some father from Michigan decided he wanted to confront and beat up a referee. I, I suppose that's as a glib as it as I as it needs to be about something like that. But we're seeing more and more of this, more and more of this type of situation pop up, and and I've contended over the years that. Parents today are, are no different than parents were 30 years ago. Um, now, granted, when you coach every year and you you see the evolution of it, um, you might not see the subtle changes uh, that, that happen from year to year or maybe even, you know, group to group for me. Most of my coaching tenures divided up in the segments of three to five years. Um, but that's my, my view has always been the relationship between the parents and the coach. I don't know that I've ever, 
had a, a, a perfect perspective or a great perspective on a relationship between parents and fan or parents as fans and referees. And my and I contended that it's probably always kind of been there, especially in the summer. Uh, but so much of it's now captured on video and posted on social media that it's it's way more accessible. Um, anybody got any thoughts on that angle? I yeah, mean, you guys are all younger than me. Well, Zach's probably the oldest besides me. So I don't know about on that that specific thing you just talked about, but I just think the stuff is unfortunate man i was in the building and i was the next court over from the incident that happened um on saturday and um it's just it's just really unfortunate i just feel like a lot of uh parents um whatever it is coaches sometimes they just they make it about themselves right and it's supposed to be about the kids yeah about giving them a good experience getting better and some of these, I don't know. I've, I've kind of noticed I've been at sport one the last, I don't know if it's been three out of four weekends or three in a row, but there's been an incident that ha- has happened every single time. Um, and that's from me being there on a Saturday for an hour and a half. Right. So there's a lot more time that's going on in the tournament that I'm not there, but every single time there's been an, an incident and I'm good friends with the guy who runs the gym rat stuff, Chris Ponce. And every time I'm walking out, I, I just look at him. He looks at me. He's like, just another weekend. Wouldn't be a normal weekend in an AAU tournament. There's nothing going on like this. So it's just, man, I think it's out of control. And it's funny, everything I've seen has been middle school. And I, I was just thinking, like, I was, at the high sc- I was at the high school running slam. I didn't see anything close no, to I, some of the I, things I see at this middle school stuff. I almost um, did. I'm, I almost did. Okay. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see anything really happen close, but every it seems like every time, I mean, the game I was at, the while the other incident was happening, they had a 10-year-old running the scoreboard. And sure. it, it was it was a mess. I mean, they the, the team was supposed to be down four points, and this kid kept putting the wrong points to the other team. So the team that was supposed to be down four points is actually down like 12. They had to stop the game while they were trying to figure it out. The clock's still running for like three minutes. And it was just a mess. Like fans were going nuts, like at the school, you know, it's just like get organized. Some of these refs can't control anything. Uh, I don't know. It's just kind of a mess sometimes at these events. Well, the referees in that instance should have to worry about the score. And that's, yeah. that's, that's a different subject altogether. You got a situation where these teams pay a lot of money to play in these events and the families still have teams still have to provide somebody for the scoreboard. And as somebody who runs an event that doesn't charge a ton of money to play, um, or especially relative to the number of games that you get, you know, if I, if I ran, if I charged 550 plus or, you know, whatever the amount is 400 bucks a team up for just three to four games, I'd have somebody keeping the scoreboard. Uh, There've been a lot of years where we've had, we've paid people to be at the scoreboard um, and it, it is a, um, it's a much easier process and there is some quality control, but, but still you would think the teams could at least have an adult do it and not just throw some kid on it. Well, the, his mom was sitting right next to him. Oh, yeah. And then she ended up having to take it over because it was just a nightmare, yeah. but it's just those type of things. Everyone's sitting on top of each other. One, it takes one parent to say something about the other team's kid that the other parent hears and now they're. And then they're after the refs, they're after each other. It's just, 
Man, I don't know. It's last three weekends have been awful when I've been there. Do we know what caused this past incident? The one that happened over the weekend? Had to be yeah. in a in a fifty point game. It had to be the referees were causing the team to lose, right? <laughs> yeah, it had to be, right? Yeah, yeah. It was the score was sixty to seven. It was bad. Um, but basically, what happened was the ref just turned around and said, "Yelled at Chris, Chris Ponce." He was like, "Hey, these two, because this this was on the court right in front of the concession stands, that first court right there, and that you can see the you know the main desk right from the from the court." So he's yelling at Chris to come. He said, "Get these two out of here." And they the mom stood up, got in the ref's face. He said something to her. And then the dad got mad, got up in his face. And then I turned away because I thought they were going to be ejected. And then all of a sudden I heard a punch, like someone connected a punch. Wow. And I turned around. And basically that video that's going around is basically everything I saw. Like they, they were confronting the ref and then it like cuts out and then it gets into them scuffling. I missed like what happened. between. I, there was a punch connected. I just don't know who, who threw the first punch. That's a loud punch. Yeah. The the, the game I the game I was at, at running slam. They were playing the team from Chicago. Uh, I can't remember what the team was. Um, probably all in one of the all in teams. It's the coach I know. He's kind of a younger guy. I've seen him before. I sh- I shouldn't say I know him. I've seen him before. The, the coach was very demonstrative toward the referee, and they had a they had a kid actually get ejected three minutes into the game, and the coach. <laughs> Picked up two technical fouls as well, but they did not eject him because if they would have ejected him, they would have forfeited the game. So they gave this coach every opportunity to sit on the bench and behave. And he was a sarcastic twit the rest of the game up until the time the game was actually forfeited. So there was a, it was an eight point or no, it was a tied game, a tied game with six and a half minutes to go. The referees called it. This coach was such a, such a prick to the officials that they finally got tired of him and just ejected him. And plus a player had another player had been ejected and they only had six to start. So now they were down to four and this coach was just causing a scene. Uh, The kid who got ejected, his mother was demonstrative for most of the game. She got in an incident, a shouting match with one of the, the mothers from Indiana jammers. Um, uh, a set of parents were on one end of the bleachers because that's where the jammers were warming up. Didn't pay attention that their bench was on the opposite side. So they were in essence sitting on the same side as a lot of the team parents from all in and for all in, it was just the one parent. I mean, they were, they were loud. They were, they, they objected the calls. They didn't like the officials, blah, 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 but it was just the one mom. And she was getting into it with the other moms that were down there out of kind of away from the rest of their jammers crowd. And, and one of the, the, one of the dads is Ty Wolfley, the head coach at Terre Haute North, who, while he's always been supportive of AAU has never been one of those guys. It's like, Hey, yeah, this is something that's important to our program. You know, he just happened to have kids that have gotten connected with, with coaches that he likes. And, and in some cases, a lot of cases, people that he knows, um, and his kids on this team and you know, and he's friends with a couple of other dads too. There's another Terre Haute North kid. There may be two Terre Haute North kids, uh, but he's got a friendship with those guys. So they, they've, you know, it's a good weekend for them. It's, you know, his buddies hanging out, I guess, while their kids are playing basketball. And he's just, sitting there, he's looking at me. He's like, is this normal? I go, well, it's not normal, uh, but it's not as infrequent as it used to be. 
And he's like, this shit's crazy. They had two kids. They they only had five kids for the weekend. So they picked up two kids from Pendleton. Nope. Pendleton, yeah, two kids from Pendleton. That um, I can't remember who knew him. If if Josh Miley, the coach of that team, knew him, so they picked up two kids from Pendleton just to play with them in Fort Wayne. They left after that game because they were like afraid. Like ah, that's a bit of an overreaction. Embarrassed. Um, I, yeah, I don't know if, if embarrassed was a word. I think just like concerned, like this is how this is. This is too much drama for us. And Wolfley kind of felt that way too. He felt like, you know, this is say, you know, again, the nice thing when you're at a high school gym is, you know, you're at a high school game is, you know, there's Terre Haute North games. There's, you know, on a bad day, there's 2,000 fans there. You know, you don't hear anybody yell, you hear everybody yell. So, you you know, and that's a point I'm going to try and make later. Um, but here it's just friends and family. And I, I've had to deal with that with the fall league stuff, too, with 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 certain situations. And again, I'll get deeper in the weeds in that here after this. But um, but, you know, what really and the key word here is de-escalating. What de-escalated the situation was when the mom stood up to go like the mom stood up to get on the court. And the kid's dad, I presume it was his dad, somebody yelled, sit your ass down. (laughs) (laughs) We need more of that. We need less get on the court and be macho and confrontational. We need more. um, Just sit your ass down is what we need. I love that. Yep. Zach, you get any of that in girls' soccer? Nah. There's a little parent parent stuff here and there, but nothing – I mean, I say that officials. Yeah, I've asked because one thing, Bill Simmons, I listened to all his stuff and he's talked openly over the years about his daughter's soccer. And he's he's had some situations where parents have gotten into it with parents and parents have gotten into it with (laughs) officials. Yeah. He's like, I just don't want to get sued. I just don't want to get sued. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Nothing like that yet. Okay, well, you might be in for some more fun here pretty soon. (laughs) Yep. Back back to that incident though. If you're the the director of that AU team, how do you handle that situation moving forward? Um, well, I'll tell you what I've done in the past. I've had two situations where dads have called scenes. They happen to be dads. It could just as easily have been a mother, but I've had two situations where dads have called scenes. Now they have been more so demonst or vocalized 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 um, complaints about other kids on the team. To other players, not just yelling at their kid, but yelling at other kids and and yelling how other kids are bad, suck or whatever. You know, I'm sort of toning their language down. Um, I've had to tell two dads, you're not welcome. And the first dad, we did it over a conference call with his mom, conference call, a three-way call. <laughs> Back then it was a three-way call. Now it would be a Zoom. Um <laughs> And I told the father, I said, you're no longer welcome to games. And his reply was, are you are you kicking my kid off the team? And I said, no, I don't think you heard me. I said, that's not what I said. And his wife, his ex-wife, the kid's mom, said, you need to shut up and listen because that's not what he's saying. Like, she was upset because she knew what was going to happen. And I said, no, you're not welcome. And he goes, well, how are you going to enforce that? And I said, well, if I see you at a game, I just won't play him. I said, because you were, you were becoming detrimental. 
And in his case, I was kind of saving him. <laughs> did I put all that in our Slack? It, or did I just text? I can't. I texted somebody this story. I don't know if I put it in our Slack or not. In his case, I was kind of saving. There were two dads that were going to take him out and and end it on their own. <laughs> the other situation was not nearly like that, but but he was just as bad and almost got in fights with fans from the other team. Uh, was constantly ragging the officials, uh, yelling at coaching our ki- coaching other kids, coaching kids on the other team, which was leading to discontent. And we were in St. Louis, and he almost got into it with another set of fans. And uh, you know, it just was like, yeah, you can't have that, man. You know, and then when you're out there making a scene and you're you're ragging on kids, and uh, that to me. Um, I, I, I will say one of my, let's see, I've been ejected twice as a coach. The first was my second year. Um, the second one was an official stopped the game because he was trying to get rid of a fan and I didn't know who the fan was. And he told me to go deal with it. I'm like, I don't know who that is. Didn't have the slightest idea. And the short version, the really short version of this is that I ended up getting two technicals because I wouldn't go deal with this. And it, it turns out he was dating one of our players' moms, <laughs> but I did not know that. I'd never met him before in my life. And, but that was how that official was going to handle it was basically either he goes or I go. And I'm like, well, you got to do what you got to do. You're going to throw my butt out. That's fine. But I'm not dealing with it. And he's still going to be here. Because if I don't if I don't have anything anything at stake, and they finally figured it out and he left after I got ejected. Actually he came over and sat with me in the best choice cafeteria area and we watched the masters together. Um but um yeah, that was the only instance where I was ejected. Um well I shouldn't say only, but that first year that first time was that game was kind of a weird, weird game. To your, chalk, to your question, I'm going to chalk that one up to youth. I'm going to say to your question, Zach, I think that that the kid, whoever that the kid is on that team, has got to be off the team, I would assume. I wouldn't uh, do that. But, I mean, I think that's what would happen. I, I would, right. And that's I what would, I would hate to do. I would is. tell the dad. I would tell the, the dad. And, 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 you know, the mom, I don't know how much involved the mom was, Dominique. You, you put the onus on the parent. Yeah, I need to punish situation. the kid for the parents being idiots. It, the, the result may end up being the same, but but you you got to put it on the onus of the parents and and say, look, you're not welcome. But it, but to your point, Dominique, it would it would end up being the same result because either through ego or embarrassment or whatever, they would it would be time to you know the instances I the two examples I gave they weren't violent. I mean, I don't know that I would, and to Dominique's point, I don't know that I would pick this kid up. Not right now. Maybe in a year. Right. But, but Dominique, your your point, that's how it would play out. Yeah. That's exactly how it would play out. So your the end result would be the same, but but you put the onus on the parent to be the adult in the room. You know, and you hope the mom wasn't super involved and I guess if it was both, I don't know. You're probably right, Dominique, in that instance. 
That was just that was just bad, man. I just God. I got to see what comes of it. I, I I do need to reach out and talk to with Chris a little bit, but I'm sure he's getting blown up with it being on the news now and and uh, it's gone viral. All these other things, uh, yeah. So nationally, yeah. So I was I would assume he's probably fielding a lot of questions right now. So I was going to let it die down a little bit before I reach out, but I don't know if it's like they're going after this guy pressing charges or what's going on. But well, that would be up to the official. Yeah, the person. Um, and he's a good that, dude. Like he's really mellow, good official. All those, Man. all those, all those Fort Wayne Spice referees are good dudes. There's a couple of them that may not, that can't keep up with the pace of the game, but they're all good dudes. Yeah. <laughs> and really, none of those guys were. I mean, I think those guys have all aged out. There's still some old guard up there that do a good job. Um. Guys that I've known for a long time, or again, I say known, I mean like I've seen. Right. But I don't know. This officiating issue is 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 um, a little complicated, I guess, just from an overall standpoint. I thought about doing, and it still may do it. I thought about trying to get a couple of officials and talking to them, guys that I know that I that work my league. Um, because we've got really good officials that do, especially the the night game, the 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 day games. I've got a good young group of guys. Um, but then the night games are. I mean, I've got college officials. I've got G League official. I've got an official that does stuff with the Pacers. Um, I I think the one, and I am definitely not trying to blame this official or any official in something that gets escalated to that point, because the behavior of this father um, is reprehensible. But if you're an official, you're, you're listening to this as someone who runs, run a league for 15 years where it's just friends and family in the stands where every little comment can be heard, you just can't engage with the with the fans. Because once you acknowledge them and they know that they can get to you, they will not stop. Even if it's the even the mature ones will not stop if it's like a bad call they disagree with, it'll just continue to escalate. And it will be nonstop to the point where you're kicking somebody out. Um, and, and in real time, I support any decision our officials make. I don't even, I don't even ask a lot of questions. Although I did have one incident last year where we moved a crew because we had a situation with a coach and the easiest deal was to move the crew the next game because they're in the same court. But when it came to bracket play, I couldn't, I didn't have I mean, I guess I could have micromanaged it, but I didn't have broad control over which court they were going to play on. And he showed up on the, they ended up on the same court as these, as this one referee and the coach objected. And I said, well, here's what's going to happen. You can just not coach. And you can just not come back because I'm sticking with the referees. I moved it the first time just because that was the easiest solution. But, but after that, you got to suck it up and and be an adult. 
uh, because this is just basketball, dude. This is just a damn fall league, you know. And 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 while we while we put emphasis on the competition, and obviously we don't try to undervalue that or or what happens in the summer, it's still just basketball, man. Um, but there's so many fans that think they're involved, and you're not. Sit in the stands and clap. Sit in the stands and cheer. Otherwise, shut up. And if you don't like being told to shut up, who cares? Then stay home. Is that the solution, Jim? That everyone stays home and watch on a live stream, can't come to the <laughs> events at this point? I mean, if it keeps getting, you know, well, situation I, after situation. or I would say in most of these instances, the profit comes from the gate. So if you start doing stuff like that, you'll you'll see some of these events either – I mean, it's a lot of work to do to not make some money. Yeah. You know, and I don't, you know, I don't mean to make it sound like, you know, the college league that we used to run was, was always fun because it was small. It was, it wasn't hardly any work. We'd have like eight teams. Sometimes I think one year we had 12, but they were all teams that came except for, we had what, two division two teams. So two teams made up a division two guys that I had to, you know, help manage a little bit. But the others were like Wabash and Wabash sent two teams. DePaul sent a team. Iwu sent a team. Marion sent a team. I didn't have to manage any of those dudes. I think I made 400 bucks for the, for the four week. I think I made a hundred bucks a week net, but it was still fun. Cause a lot of those kids played in the, the high school league, you know, and those are all coaches that I know. Well, most of them. Um, but at some point, Dominique, you, you get in a situation where this, these events are money-making and, and it, it takes a lot of work. I mean, people rag on how much it costs to get into some of these events. And I understand that. And there's gotta be a better way to handle it for some of these events. Um, but it still is a lot of work. You know, Chris works hard at what he does. You know, oh, trust me, I was with him in yeah. 2012, 13, 14 in the summer preparing for all these things. Excel, yeah. going to different gyms, setting up the sites, running the sites for the tournament all weekend. And what I was going to say is like I did that for like two or three years and I never had any situations um, that I've that I've seen the last three weekends at Sport yeah. One. Never had anything like that. The closest thing was Foster – uh, foster lawyers in eighth grade was playing against mean streets and elbowed a kid in the face. And that kid got called for the foul and Whitney Young's high school coach, the coach Jalil Okafor was the coach of the mean streets team. And he went berserk and they kicked him out of the game. And I, I was in charge of taking him out and we'd literally just talked about Whitney Young and mm-hmm. Jalil Okafor and he was fine, but it, it was a ridiculous call. I had to side with the ref obviously, but, I mean, the kid just got blatantly elbowed in the face, and like he got called for the foul, and he just yeah lost his mind. That's the only thing remotely close to what I've seen the last three weekends that that happened in, you know, what at least two summers, and that's you know from May, um, April, May, you know, and July of tournaments every single weekend, and then in June having some team camp stuff, which wasn't wouldn't have that type of stuff. So it's just just wild, man. We had a, I mean we had a deal where. Again, not official. This wasn't anything to do with officials. We had a deal where Marcus Teague and Ron Patterson started throwing fists at each other. 
And I, I picked Buss up. Patterson, he played he played for us. And I guess Marcus did too, but but on Patterson's side, I was he was his team practiced with my team and so he knew I me. Mean, I knew he knew me. He definitely knew me. Friends with his dad. I carried him off, took him over my shoulder and carried him off the court just to break that up. And he was like, Why are you doing that? I'm like, Well, dude, I know you won't punch me. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I thought Marcus would punch me, but I knew Bus, like Marcus might hit me just because he's defending himself and not paying attention. Um, mm-hmm. but I knew bus wouldn't hit me. Um, but I've never had any situation. I mean, I've had a situation where referees throwing people out. Um, but it's never escalated that. But I, but I'll tell you this again, there's a couple of officials that I'm, that I like that I, I can't hire because they have rabbit ears, you know, and, and they, the, the key word again is, is deescalate. You just you gotta diffuse the situation by ignoring it, you know, and and that's hard on some people. They get constantly yelled at, but that's also why I try not to have guys work the whole day. Every now and then, we have a referee doesn't show up, you know, calls in and can't make it for his night game. So I talk one of the younger guys into staying the whole day. <clears throat> but but basically, I do four or five game shifts, and then they're done. And a lot of them want more because they they want the money, but I but I know what happens at the end of the day when these games get bigger, the competition gets better, and then the games get faster. They get they're they're exhausted, physically and and probably to some degree mentally. So, um, it it, it just doesn't behoove me to keep guys there that long. I you know I don't know how they handle the referees at sport one you know at, for these events up at. Fort Wayne these days, if they're doing games all day, if they're doing them in shifts, it's it's really, really easy. It would be easy for me just to hire eight officials every day and let them do all the games. But instead, I'm hiring 16 officials, sometimes more, because some dudes, well, I can only do three and only do two or whatever. And, you know, but I'm hiring 16 to, to 24 officials every week because I want to make sure these guys are fresh and, and not getting burned out in a given day. And, but you just, if you're an official, you can't engage with the fans no matter how verbal they might get. Now, if they're doing, if they're offering, throwing out profanities and things like that, that's when you go to your court monitor or your, your facility monitor, your director. In my case, it's me. In Sport One's case, it's probably Chris. Is he? He's probably, or is he at Turnstone? Or, no, he. Well, or, it depends on the event. But this past weekend, he was at Sport One. He was at Sport One. Mm-hmm. You go to that guy and you're like, "Hey, look, we've got fans here who won't shut up. They're they're being profane. You got to get them out." But other than that, I you just can't engage directly with them because that's what it leads to. Again, I've had I've had officials throw fans out or throw parents out of our league because they just won't they won't stop. But I also know in in some instances, not all, but in some instances, those officials have sniped back, and and that's caused it to sort of escalate a little bit. And I know I use the word cause, and it, it, none of that excuses violence 
That dude needs to be arrested. Right. He needs to spend at least some time in jail. However long it takes him to produce bail money is fine. Maybe overnight. But would you say he got the heck out of Dodge, right? Yeah. By the time I even got over there, someone was like, yep, there they go, right out the door. And I looked over, him and his wife were out the door, and Chris and, like, the police were over, like, checking on the ref. And these guys were out the door. They were gone. Well, I don't know how many kids that team had, but you probably can narrow it down to six or seven families, right? Oh, yeah. I think they're, 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 I guess they're, I don't know, people are talking about in the video, his two sons were right in the video, like, pulling people back as well. Yeah, that's off. Well, I guess at that point, he's probably trying to save his dad. Um, yeah. But the kids that were in the video weren't, to their credit, they were trying to help. Even if it was just their dad. Yeah. You know, you see situations like that where somebody will come in and pile on. Yeah. It's like that Northrop Northside video a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. You know, again, no referees are involved in that situation, but, but, you know, you get that, you get that first, literally that first salvo and 90% of the kids are trying to pull everybody apart. And then here comes round two because somebody decides they need to get revenge and, or they need to defend their buddy and then all hell broke loose. But. You can almost understand it when it happens to, to the players. Because they're competing against each other, et cetera, so forth. They lose their cool. You, you, you hate to see it. But when it's adults coming out of the stands, it's just it's, it's childish. Just sit there and... Selfish. Yeah, you, yeah it, it is selfish. It's It's narcissistic. You know, you could project a lot of things on that on that kind of behavior in that moment. You know, if he's willing to lose his cool in that situation, what else is he willing to lose his cool over? Probably sits in his driveway in the front drinking beers. <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> Probably throw soccer on the side, maybe. Yep, yep. As the summer's off. <laughs> When is summer out for you? We are done Thursday. Yeah, me too. My newfound role. Summer starts Thursday. Dominic, do you have anything else to add on that? I mean, you got you had the front row or you had this the the front yeah. row seat from across the court. Yeah, no, not too much. I just like I said, I just think it's super unfortunate. Too many People are making it make these things about themselves and cause a spectacle and yeah. just really unfortunate, really frustrating. And uh, yeah, I'm not much more to say on it. Because what, what's funny is, is you hear this stuff about, well, there's such a shortage of officials. Is there? All these facilities have all these officials. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the quality of them. Is I've seen a couple officials that are just that's true. So let's let's use Ooh. these let's use these facilities to train. Let's yeah. use not just not just for college, but for let's use these facilities to to grow officials. 
It's not the and it's not the facility's job to do that, by the way. I'm not that's it would be the IHSA's job. What if the IHSA got out? This is a whole separate topic. And I don't we won't get too deep, but what if the IHSA got out and started working with these facilities and these events to have younger officials and and try to bring them up, but I mean, they have they have guys there. I talked to a guy who trains the officials there. He was at the the event uh, two weekends ago. His name is Crane, and um, he was just telling me he was talking to me about it because that 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 was before this incident happened. But we were talking about how some of these things are ridiculous, and he was just like, "I just tell all my officials just smile, just a smile, mm-hmm. uh, have a big smile on your face, and that type of stuff, and don't try to you know just be de-escalate situations and don't let things get out of hand and." On that very game, that one of the officials was going back and forth to the coach, like cussing each other out. It was just, yeah, you just ridiculous, ridiculous stuff. And and the 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 coach rose profanity at the ref in front of everyone. I mean, it's pretty quiet. Like the the, ne- the game next to it, there's nothing on the court next to us. It was pretty quiet over there in the corner, and he just completely cur- curses the ref out. And the ref just shakes his head and curses back at him. Doesn't give him a tack. Doesn't do. I'm just like, what is going on? Yeah. Again, it, you hate to say something like, "Well, see, he could have done this. He could have done that." Because now you're. It's almost like you're gaslighting the poor guy because he's the one that got. He's the one that got attacked. Yeah. But there's still a way to handle it where you're not doing stuff like that. And I, I we've all, we, I think we've all seen that situation. That game that I explained earlier, the which was at Sport One, the referee would have been better off just not engaging at all with the fans. You know, he pulled the old "you guys want to, you guys want to blow this whistle." At that point, you're just inviting trouble. But the better way is just to go straight to the the court, whoever's in charge of the facility, or the court, however that works, and tell them. Boom! This this dude's got to go. Just get rid of him. That's exactly what the ref did in this incident we're talking about over the weekend. Chris just couldn't get there in time. It happened too quick. Yeah. But you could you could see Chris in the video running around trying to get him separated. But, just, but was that the same? So was that the same the same game where the coach and the ref were cursing at each other? No, no, that oh, was okay. the weekend okay. before. All right, never mind then. My, <laughs> yeah. my bad. I misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah, that was the weekend before. They all run yeah. together. It's every every time I step in foot in there these days. <laughs> yeah, I get well, yeah. <laughs> they all run together and I'm not the same place every week like you have tended to be. Yeah. So all right, guys. Well, good stuff. We had a good talk with Drew, Coach Shouse there at Avon. I think that's all we thought we were going to do this week. And all of a sudden this thing happened. And I, you know, I don't know that we solved anything. I think the key word is, you know, maybe to some degree that the referees should do what they can to deescalate the situation. Um, But like you said, man, this one dude goes and talks to Chris and it just didn't happen in time. And I don't know. It, it still is somewhat rare for this to happen. It's just all these events, you know, if it happens once in 50 or 100 events, it's still once a week, right? Yeah. Right. So it, it always shows up on social media. Right. But, all right, guys, got anything? No. Nope. Kyler, what, what do you got coming up with the 
Who's your illustrated? Oh, we got a lot of stuff going on. I've got some articles that I'm uh, I'm working on. You know, a um, couple of questions that Indiana answered in the off season. Um, gonna be looking at the newcomers here in a few weeks. So, other than that, we're just pumping out content. Got a lot going on um, at Who'sRealIllustrated.com. So, if you're not a fan, check it out. Are they getting the dude from Rutgers. Yeah, we'll we'll see. It's a little too early to tell, but that'd be mm-hmm. a good question for them. Be a good get. One scholarship open, so. Zach, big event this week? Uh, yeah, actually, we have a Memorial Day tournament up here in South Bend. Oh, really? Cool. I got nothing this week. Vacation. Maybe a little vacation, maybe. We might have to sit at home and cheat my VPN and watch the race. <laughs> <laughs> Pull out the old VPN and <laughs> watch the Indy 500. We'll see how that goes. In fact, I kind of know how that already will go. I'll be enjoying the race Sunday Sunday morning. All right, guys. Good job, Dominique. Good work. We'll talk next week. See ya. Later. Later.